listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. Hey, I want to welcome you to Real Life Church. And I'm really glad you're with us today because we have a great message that I think that we all need to hear today. We are in the middle of 1 Timothy talking about our series, Church Matters. Maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. But the Russian author Tolstoy tells the story of a rich peasant who was never satisfied. He always wanted more. He had a great chance, by the way, to get some more land. For about a thousand rubles, he was able to go out and walk. And whatever he saw, he was able to claim for himself. The one caveat is he had to make it back by sundown or he would lose all of his money and his land that he saw. So he rose early that day and he walked on and on and on. Greed driving him a little farther as he saw new territory after new territory. Finally, he realized that he had to turn back and he had to walk very fast in order to get back before the sun went down to claim the land that he had seen. The sun got lower in the sky and he quickened his pace. As the sun got near the horizon, he began to run. And finally, he saw the starting place. His heart was pounding rapidly, and he was grasping for breath, but he gave it everything he had, and he plunged over the finish line, and he fell to the ground and collapsed. And just seconds before the sun dispersed below the horizon, a stream of blood poured out of his mouth, and he lay dead. Now his servant took a shovel and dug a grave. He made it just long enough and just wide enough, and he buried him. Maybe you've heard this, but Tolstoy titled the story is How Much Land Does a Man Need? And then he answered the question. He concluded it by saying about six feet from his head to his heels was all he needed. You know, Tolstoy penned that in about 1886, and I mean, that was quite a while ago. And it really speaks out not just to that time period, but man, doesn't it speak to us today? Everything that we see around us, advertising, t-shirts, everything, it's all about us getting more. And the idea that you can be content by having more. And you know what? We've swallowed that bait I'll tell you what, we spend so much of our time trying to collect trinkets and toys and stuff that will make us happy. And you can tell that by just, well, maybe look at your credit card balance or what you're spending your money on. I mean, there's lots of ways that will prove that we're kind of, well, we're a little bit materialistic. Would you admit that with me today? A lot of us Christians get sucked into um, that whole idea of chasing after more. And honestly, maybe Paul knew better than we do that really that stuff is really going to lead you to being discontented. And that's kind of where we're going to be today. So ask yourself this question. Are you content? 
Are you content with where you're at right now? This last week, were you content? What did you find your contentment in? Over the last several years of your life, would you classify yourself as content? What Paul is trying to say to us and what we're going to get through um, today and kind of a little bit of last week, what we talked about is godliness. The pursuit of godliness should bring us contentness. A lot of us are chasing after the wrong thing to make us content. So our text today is going to help us discover that. Our text is also going to help us discover what it really means to be content. So if you're going to follow along with me, I'm going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to be looking at verses 6 through 8. Um, let's look at what it says, and that's kind of then tear it apart and see what we can get out of it, all right? But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Now, you're going to have to go back to verse 5 and kind of see the play on words that Paul is using here. And then he goes on to say, for we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these things, we shall be content. Now, there are a couple different words there that I want us to really kind of focus on today. They come from verse 6. It's the word gain, okay, and the word contentment. Now, remember from the previous section, Paul is addressing false teachers who were teaching that contentment actually came by getting more, by gaining. They were gaining from their false teaching. They were gaining monetarily. They were gaining riches. They were gaining fame. They were gaining because they were teaching a false doctrine. Today, we may not be gaining like that, but a lot of us, well, we are trying to work so hard to get more, to have more. And Paul says, it may be okay to have more, but you're never ever going to get contentment from stuff. It's never going to bring you the, the, the peace that you can have by trying to have more. So Paul addresses Timothy with it. And matter of fact, um, I, 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 I want you to kind of examine your own self as we go through here. Godliness is what brings contentment. So let's just take that phrase for just a second. Godliness brings contentment. Let's ask ourselves a couple questions. First of all, is it possible today to have ungodliness and discontentment? Can you be ungodly and be discontented? I think there's an obvious answer to this. It's yes. Obviously, look around. There's a lot of unhappy people who are ungodly. Then let's ask the next question. Is it possible for us today to be godly and be discontented? Is that a possibility? Is it? Is it? Can you be godly and be discontented? I can say yes. There are a lot of people who are godly, but they're discontented because they're chasing after something or someone else. So I think it's possible. Is it possible to be ungodly and be content? Well, I know that there will be people that would disagree with me, but I will say that if you're ungodly, okay, there is no contentment. I know that they think that they're contented. I know they think that they're happy in their pursuit of whatever after they're chasing, but God created us to have a relationship with him. He created us to be in fellowship with him. And if we're not in 
fellowship with him, if we're not in relationship with him, he really says you can't be content the way he intends us to be content. And outside of a relationship with Jesus, we're always going to want more and more and more and more, and it's never going to satisfy us. Even when we get more, we're still going to want more. Are you following me today? Now, the Apostle Paul, on several different occasions in the New Testament, says that we need to be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. That's what Paul said. I have learned to be content in whatever situation I face. And Paul, you know, he was what? Shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was house arrested. He was arrested. There's a lot of things going on in Paul's life. And Paul writes. Matter of fact, he dedicates the whole book of Philippians talking about contentment, the joy that he has even amongst hard circumstances. That's the contentment that God wants all of us to have. So is it possible to gain contentment by being godly? I would say yes. Paul would say yes. And I will tell you that there's a Christian author out there. His name was Bill Hybels. He would say yes. Matter of fact, he writes this in one of his books. I'm just going to read this because I think it's so good. God asks us to lose so we can gain. He makes a hard request and then offers a promise. Lose your selfish ambition, and I will honor you for loving others. Lose your addiction to things, and God says, I will provide for you and you, if you seek me wholeheartedly. Lose your desire, if you want to call it, to be in control, and I will give you power if you follow me. Lose your appetite and your thrills, and I will startle you with pleasures that you could never have on your own. Lose your life, and I will give you eternity. See, I like what Bill Hybel said there. Basically, he says, give up the way the world looks at contentment, and God will provide for you contentment. Let me paraphrase that. Learn to be content in Christ, and he will give you much, much more than you could ever, ever imagine. So if I'm sitting here listening today, I might be asking the question. I would if I was listening. Okay, you're talking about contentment. How can I learn to be content? Because it is. It's a learned behavior. I, I, I wish I could give you, you know, a magic wand and make you content, but it, it doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, it's kind of like a, a prescription that you got to take. You, you know, prescriptions, you know, um, those prescriptions that are given to you every day that you're supposed to take. It's like one of those. You have to learn to do this every single day. So let me give you the overarching prescription, if I can say that. First of all, contentment comes from having a priority of godliness. Now, we're going to look at that phrase in a second. Contentment comes from having a priority of godliness, not gain, and the perspective of the eternal, not the temporal. So there's a lot in that phrase. And so let's kind of break it down um, piece by piece. First of all, contentment comes from having the priority of godliness. 
Paul was talking about false teachers and talking about material gain. And then he goes on to clarify what is great gain, and that's called godliness. Well, Jesus said the same thing, by the way. Jesus said that, well, one, if you seek me, okay, first, I will provide for you. Jesus also said in some of his teaching, and he knew, and he used the example of money, he said that you can only have one master. You can't have two masters. And Jesus said that. You're either going to pursue what the world says and find contentment or try to find contentment from that, or you're going to pursue what God says and you're going to find contentment in Christ. The second part of this statement is the one that probably trips us up the most. That real contentment comes from having a perspective of the eternal, not the temporal. Would you be honest and ask yourself a question right now? Are you living for the eternal right now? Or are you living for the temporal? See, one's going to last forever, the other is not. It is a great question, and it's a tough one. Am I living for the eternal? Because if you're living for the eternal perspective right now, it's going to free you from, well, that attitude of greed. People, we, we like to rank sin. It's one of those human things that we like to do. Um, but have you ever tried to rank where greed is in your own life? The Bible talks a lot about it. Matter of fact, it's going to mess you up because I will tell you that any form of greed is going to ruin your eternal perspective. See, it's so important for us to get this, that when we have an eternal perspective, we understand that we don't need more, that my sufficiency is found in Christ. And that's huge. I don't need more unless it's more of Jesus. The second thing I would talk about is when we're, when we're uh, again, having an eternal perspective, we're really kind of free of anxiety. This is a tough one because a lot of times we're stressed out about a lot of different things. And man, I'm going to tell you what, this has been a stressful time in my life. But we can't let that lead to anxiety. We need to understand. I was, matter of fact, I was praying today with my prayer group. And I, I was praying this prayer um, before Jesus. And I just want to share it with you. I was, I was really just frustrated today in my prayer time because I'm under a lot of pressure. I got a lot of family pressure going on, a lot of things going on in life right now. And maybe you relate to that. And it's hard and it's really time consuming. I got this, I got that. And it seems all to be pushing in. And it's causing me a lot of grief. But deep down inside, I want to tell you this, and I'm not trying to sound overly super spiritual because I'm not. But at the same time, I have a lot of peace because I know, I know my time on earth here is relatively short. I, I get that, okay? I am not going to live forever. Matter of fact, I, I don't even know that I'll live another 20 years, okay? I don't know that, all right? Um, but I will tell you this, having an eternal perspective means I know where I'm going. And, and, and I know that I have a God that is large and in charge. I have a God that takes care of me. I have a God that I can rest on, I can trust in. I can dump it all in his lap and he, 
and he can handle it. Now, I'm not good at doing that all the time, but an eternal perspective will change your anxiety level. You'll be able to look at it and say, you know what, even if it's bad for 80 years, that is nothing compared to what eternity is going to look like. Hey, so some questions I want to ask you really quick. Matter of fact, this is going to help you determine whether you're living for an eternal perspective or maybe a temporal one. What do you want out of life? What do you want out of your life? And when maybe you look back and you examine your life, what are you looking for? That may tell you right there what kind of perspective you're looking at, whether it's eternal or whether it's temporal. What do you think about the most? Are you thinking about family and jobs and future? Look at our world today. Maybe friends or school. What occupies your mind when you're alone? Do you think about the cause of Christ inside of you? That might help you determine, again, whether you're more eternal or temporal. Third question, what do you do with your spare time? I know what some of you are going to say, what's that, right? What do you do with your spare time? How do you spend that extra time that's in your schedule? Jesus did not say, seek first the TV and then all these things would be added unto you, right? He didn't say, you know, I'll make it more personal for me. Seek ye first a fishing trip. And then I will add all these things unto you. How do you spend your spare time? Again, tough question, right? Where do you spend your money? Again, wherever you spend your money is really truly where your heart is, right? Open up the, open up the bank statement. Look at the credit card. Um, uh, what, download it. Examine. And you might find out that we are living more for temporal than we are eternal. Wow. Now, this last question is kind of a huge one. Who are your heroes? Who do you admire? Who is it? Is it somebody um, that's an actor? Is it a politician? Who are your heroes? It might tell you a lot about, again, eternal and temporal. Your heroes ought to reflect your eternal perspective? Those are great questions, aren't they? Nobody's going to like answering those questions because you know what it's going to lead to, right? That most of us, and let me raise my hand, most of us are much more temporal than eternal. And the problem is, is temporal is not going to lead to contentment. We'll never be content in the temporal. You know why? Because it's all going to get flushed down the toilet one day. There's no contentment in that. And we're missing what can provide us the most satisfying contentment that you would ever know, and that is the eternal Lord Jesus. You know what's really cool about an eternal perspective? It's not based on circumstances. It's not. It's based in a relationship with Jesus. You can have a relationship with Jesus that's going to provide you the peace, the comfort, the encouragement that you will need not only this day, but every day. I mean, that's what's so important. So we started off with Tolstoy, right? 
Let's close with another one of those kind of stories. There was a legend out there that a man who had a, we'll just call him a not-so-smart servant. And the master, he was frustrated with this servant. And he said to him, you must be the dumbest person I've ever known. And he says, I want you to do this. I want you to carry this staff with you. And if you ever meet another person that's dumber than you, give him that staff. Okay. The servant took the staff, and he met some pretty dumb people along the way, but he was never quite sure that they were dumber than he was. Then one day, the castle called him back and ushered him back into the master's presence, and the master said to the servant, I'm going on a long journey. And the servant asked, when will you be back? And the master told him, I'm not coming back. The servant asked him, have you prepared for the journey? And the master said, no, I I really haven't made much preparation for it. The servant said, could you have made preparation? Could you have done something about it? And the master said, yeah, I guess I had a lifetime to do that, but I was just really kind of busy doing other things. The servant went on to say, So you're not coming back to the castle? You're not coming back to the land? You're not coming back to the animals and the servants? And the master replied, I'm not coming back. The legend continues. And the servant takes the staff that was given to him that he carried for many years, and he gave it to the master. And he said, here, I have finally found someone who is dumber than me. You know, that's kind of a pointed little legend, if you want to call it. Because a lot of us, well, we're preparing for a long journey, and yet we've really not taken the necessary preparations. Today, you're in good health. All your needs are being met. Everything's good in your life, and you feel like you have contentment because your contentment is tied into your circumstances. And it'll be amazing when those circumstances start to flip. Maybe the loss of your job, maybe a relationship failure, maybe the death of a loved one. And before you know it, you'll be plunged right into what? Some really hard stuff. And you will say that contentment that you had isn't really providing you the contentment that you need. There is only one type of contentment, especially we as Christians need, and that's the contentment that comes from an eternal perspective of being godly before God. That's true contentment. So let me do this one thing. Let me encourage you to free yourself from the pursuit of more and find contentment in the Lord Jesus. If you don't know him today, that's where real contentment begins. It comes by us acknowledging who we are. See, we're we're sinners, and we're separated from God because of our sin. But yet God loved us, and he demonstrated that love for us. And even while we were sinners, he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you. And what he says to us is that if you confess him, 
okay, as your Savior and your Lord, and you confess that you are a sinner that needs a Savior, and you ask God to forgive you of that, God's Spirit will come and live within you. You will be known as what we call a Christian. And that's where you begin an eternal contentment. It's not going to be you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be content. No, you're going to have to grow in your relationship. And that's where all of us are today. And you see people in different stages and different levels of contentment all around you. I look at some of our people today and I said, I wish I had the peace and the joy and just the contentment that that person has. Well, do you know something? You can have it too. It begins by having a relationship with Jesus, and it's fostered every single day that you live. And it's going to be tied into you walking with God, being obedient to him, and being obedient to his word. That's where true contentment comes. Man, I hope you got something. What a crucial message for a crucial time um, it is, and I hope that you got something out of it. Let me pray for you. Father, God, thank you again for our time together. Lord, I thank you for this really crucial message that Paul um, gives Dem Timothy um, about contentment. That really true contentment is, Father, first of all, it's not going to be based on our circumstances and it's not going to be based on anything temporal. It's going to be on the personhood of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for that. Thank you that we can have a relationship with him that, Father, is going to lead to eternity. But God, I know for my own sake that it's easy to get off the road. It's easy to start chasing after more, even as a Christian. And Lord, always those things will disappoint. They'll never bring us the contentment we're looking for. It will be that empty vacuum that we're missing something. And it's our relationship with you. God, help us to be satisfied with you, to be content in you. And Lord, never let us forget that that's all tied into our personal godliness with you. God, thanks again for this crucial message. And it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I wanna invite you back. We'll be back next time for another teaching um, from 1 Timothy that I promise you can change your life. All right, God bless you. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.